Okay, welcome back to the Bibs Corner Podcast, episode 25, um, already a quarter of a way to 100. Um, whenever the Mavs playoff run ends, I won't be recording four or five episodes a week, but until then, it's going to be back-to-back Bibs. Um, hey, y'all are listening, so I appreciate it. Uh, I actually got a lot more listens on the um movie recap last week so definitely appreciate that um this week was a pretty quiet week for me for movies i i ended up only watching two films uh the first being a movie out of the philippines actually called watch list and then uh randomly on friday i think i hit play on uh an american pickle the new seth rogan movie on hbo max so um <clears throat> You know, this weekend, actually August 21st, this, I guess, was that Thursday, Friday? I can't even remember, but um, theaters actually opened back up here in the States, and, you know, I've, the pandemic has already, has been tough on everybody, you know, with businesses being closed and not being able to do the things that you usually do. Uh, myself being more of a homebody, um, I mean, I like to go out places when I travel, but as far as like when I'm home, when I'm here in South Carolina, I'm not, not usually out in the streets. But one thing I do uh, regularly is go to movies. And so movie theaters being closed has probably been the biggest adjustment for me because I would li- literally go to a movie every weekend, if not two. I had the Regal Premium Pass, you know, $18 a month, see as many movies as you want. And I was taking full advantage of it. Um, I try to get to an indie if I could at the local indie theaters a little bit further from my house but um always a good experience there that's where I watched parasites where I saw loose so those places being closed right now is tough uh, or ha- or having been closed I should say has been tough but now they're they're reopening um and the theater I go to my regal theater is open now so now that the temptation is there but you will not catch me in a movie theater yet um, I said back in the beginning that whenever theaters open, I'm, I'm going to give it a month before I go, uh, which is, which sucks because, you know, with all the delays, we end up not getting movie theaters open till August 21st. Uh, initially it was going to be April, then it was going to be June and it was going to be July and then finally they're open. But my birthday is actually next week and I would have loved to have gone to see New Mutants as a birthday gift to myself, but um, I can't do that. I will be waiting my month, like I said, because I'm a man of my word. I don't say things that I don't mean. Uh, I can't do that. It's not, it's not my uh, my abilities <laughs> as a human, and so uh, I will be waiting my month just to make sure that there's no huge outbreaks tied to movie theaters and things like that. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what's out by then and, and how, how that goes. Fortunately, I don't think Regal, based on the last time I checked the app, I don't think they're going to charge me that $18 until October. So uh, we'll see how it goes. Hopefully things do go well. Uh, it feels like the, the rates have died down here in South Carolina, at least lately, the last few times I've checked. So uh, things are positive. Things are good. And hopefully they continue to get better there. With that said, uh, something I tried to start, I believe, last week is to do the cold, not the cold, the elevator review. So that's like a little quick one one or two sentence review 
uh, before I go to the break, and then I'll ramble about the movie after the break, <laughs> or the movies after the break. So let's knock those out, and then we'll we'll take a quick break. So first watch list uh, set in the Philippines. Uh, it's, if you don't know about the Philippine president, basically they've instituted a war on drugs where not only are drug dealers targeted, but so are drug users. And that has created a situation where there are also vigilantes killing people in the streets who they suspect are drug dealers. So this movie follows a woman whose whose husband is killed in one of these extrajudicial killings and her trying to figure out how to keep her kids fed. And she ends up basically uh, infiltrating those people that are carrying out the killing. So uh, interesting movie there. And then an American Pickle, Seth Rogen movie, uh, had some funny moments, very goofy throughout. And then it has, ends up being a touching movie at the end. Basically, um, Seth Rogen's character, Herschel, falls into a pickle that in 1919 and wakes up uh, in America in 2019, meets his great grandson and... Uh, basically they end up dealing with a lot of societal and political type things that, uh, have changed basically. Like the, the grandfather wants to make it, but the, the times are so different that he keeps making mistakes. Um, not without the help of his great grandson though. So that ends up interesting. Uh, you, I'll get into that deeper on the other side. These were both two hard movies to make a quick review about because I have to give you so much background, but um, that's, that's the short version of those reviews. And if you need the long version where I ramble for five to 10 minutes, then that will be after the break. Oh, both of these movies, uh, were kind of hard, are kind of hard for me to pin down as far as giving them an overall rating. So no, no solid recommendation on American Pickle. I will recommend watch list if you don't mind, uh, subtitles. Okay, welcome back to the Bibs Corner Podcast. I am your host, as always, uh, Mike Bibbins, uh, at Bibbs Film for the movie stuff on Twitter. Um, and the first movie I'm going to talk about today is Watchlist. So, Uncourt Entertainment has been sending me some gems in my um, email box to, to review. Uh, the, that, that's where I got Home Wrecker. So it brought me Limbo, which I reviewed a couple weeks ago, and now Watchlist. So Watchlist uh, arrived in virtual theaters this weekend. Um, we'll be on video on demand September 1st. I'll be doing a written review for that as well, probably by the end of this week. And basically it's, I have to give you some background before I can even get into the movie. So, if you're not up on world politics, which most people aren't, um, in the Philippines, and it, oh, it is a Philippine set movie. So, in the Philippines, uh, the president of Philippines, um, 
President Duarte uh, has enacted a war on drugs. So, obviously, Americans, we know war on drugs, bad thing, usually targets people that aren't necessarily the, the, the real people you should be going after. You probably should be going for the people at the top, but they go for the people at the bottom. Well, the war on drugs in the Philippines is a little bit worse. And by a little bit, I mean very, very, very much worse than what we're dealing with here in America. So... Uh, Duarte has basically made it so that not only are they trying to take down drug dealers and put them in prison, they're also trying to get drug addicts, and they're not just trying to put them in prison. There are, uh, it is very prevalent, excuse me, let me break this down. There are a lot of vigilante murders of people suspected of being drug dealers and or users. Um, no proof, no evidence. Uh, and it can't be necessarily proven, but there's a belief that the police um, are, have orders or what have you from the government to enact these vigilante killings because a dead person is a lot easier to deal with than a trial and putting somebody in jail, right? So people are being killed in the streets, literally, um, for suspected ties to drugs. And obviously it creates a very hostile, very difficult environment to, to live and exist in uh it's sad it's tough i've been kind of hearing about this from watching the young turks um because they've been talking about it a lot and i think um kyle kalinsky on secular talk also talks about it a good bit but it's crazy just to think about you know in the modern world that things like this are still happening so this movie touches on that and in the movie, you meet a family of five, mom, dad, three kids. Uh, the oldest son is a teenager. And so basically, in this movie, um, the mother and father apparently have a past in as being either dealers and or users of drugs. And early in the movie, they volunteer to, to add themselves to a list of, to sh allegedly show that they're getting clean. And so they think, you know, let's do this. Rather than be persecuted and brought out in the streets, we can volunteer to, you know, do what we're going to do to do what we have to do, I should say, to clear our names and show that we're we're doing better now. Like we're not druggies or what have you. Our lives have changed. And so they do that, not realizing that what they've actually done is put a target on their backs. And a few nights later, the father goes out and is killed in the streets so now the wife is i mean she has to go get a job um to support her family basically and that's not easy to do not only because she hasn't hasn't done it in a long time apparently the father's been supporting the family but also now she's known as the drug woman the drug dealers or drug, drug the drug dealer or user's wife or the, the addict or whatever like there's a huge stigma around her just being associated with anything drug related right so again she's having a hard time and she decides to look into figuring out who these people are um and trying to get close to them the people that are actually the vigilantes um and how she can get some money like being an informant or something like that um because that's you know that's her what she feels is her last option is to be the person who says, hey, this person's dealing drugs and getting paid for that uh, when she's told that there's money in it. So 
it starts out that way, quickly evolves into her actually being involved in some of these killings. And from there, it just it's just a story of her trying to survive, trying to figure out what's right, what's wrong, and how far it's going to go with her being part of these, these extrajudicial killings. Um, it's very intense, very emotional. Uh, the actress is Alessandra De Rossi, and... I loved her performance in this movie. Just, you know, a single mom who tragically lost her husband trying to make ends meet. Uh, they end up having to leave the, the house that they're living in. Um, her son, her oldest son, is basically ends up at home with the, the younger kids a lot of the time. And so I liked his performance in this movie as well as just a teenage boy trying to figure out how to be a man, how to... Um, navigate the world that he's in and having lost his father like that um just a very emotional intense movie you don't know how it's gonna go the son uh, has a cousin whose father was also killed the same way and that cousin has now become a drug dealer and the son's like hanging out with him so you don't know if if the son's gonna end up going down that route and just being around them is dangerous for him because like i said they're killing drug dealers in the streets so it's just uh it's just an interesting movie just to see how they navigate though that world and watching the wife see how these people are operating and watching the son trying to figure out if he should go down the path of his cousin so i'm doing my best not to tell how it goes i was very shocked by the way this movie ended um I can't even really say why I was shocked or in what way I was shocked, but man, it got very, very intense, very dark, very quickly. So I'm definitely going to recommend this movie just as a, a crime thriller type thing. Um, again, it's not in English, so if subtitles are a big deal for you, you can't manage the subtitles, then by all means, you can skip it, obviously. But um, if you, you're, you're into foreign cinema, your, your subtitles do not bother you, definitely put this one on your watch list. Ha ha ha. No, um, <laughs> that was goofy. All right, so moving on uh, to An American Pickle. And that, again, is the Seth Rogen movie. And I had no plans of watching this movie. I'd seen it advertised, things like that, for weeks, months, maybe. Uh, it's like the HBO Max, you know, movie that's coming out. And I don't know. I, I went on HBO Max just because uh, AT&T gave it to me because uh, I, I don't know if y'all if you maybe you missed that episode. But there was an episode where I talked about how I was trying to transfer my Internet services from my old house to my new house. And instead, the guy gave me a completely new account, uh, changed my phone number for the first time in like 20 years. Uh, very annoying situation, but along with that new account came access to HBO Max. So just to kind of make sure I'm getting my my full use out of this crap that happened to me, I decided to log into the HBO Max account, check some things out, and you know I was thinking about watching the movie anyway. So I went on there and I saw an American Pickle, and I was like, eh, it's an hour and a half little tip play, and I did. So. I honestly did not know anything about the movie going in, but it does pretty much give you its premise up front. So basically, 
a Jewish immigrant from 1919. They show you his life in in his old country, um, finding his wife, marrying his wife, moving to the United States, uh, starting their life, and then he gets trapped in a pickle vat for 100 years. And so after the 100 years, he comes out of the pickle vat and basically walks into modern day New York. Um, Again, remember, he went into the vat in 1919, comes out 2019 and has to figure out the world. So, of course, the the premise is ridiculous, um, but I appreciated that they address the ridiculosity up front and on it like directly. So basically, uh, some scientists get a panel together and, you know, there's news media around and they're like, sir, how explain how this happened. How did it work? And the scientist begins his explanation. And during this, Seth Rogen, by the way, has been narrating uh, the guy's life. I think his name was Herschel. He's been narrating his life. So when the scientist starts to answer the question, it goes back to Herschel as the narrator. And it says the scientist explained it perfectly. Everything made sense and nobody else had any questions. And then they come, they come back to the, the reality. And the journalist was like, wow, that was a perfect explanation. We have no further questions. Um, so basically, they just tell you, like, look, whatever happened, the scientists said it worked. So let's move on and enjoy the movie. Um, and I, I definitely love that because I'm a very I'm weird when it comes to uh, movies and even like fantasy and stuff like that. You've got to you got to sell me on the believability of your situation. So if you're going to have a movie set like this one is in modern day then you have you got to give me something to explain how we got from one point to another in, in a way that wouldn't really happen, we know, right? So that, I appreciated that, and then, you know, we're past it now. So now we got this guy who's been in a pickle vat for 100 years, and now he's meeting his great-grandson, who is also played by Seth Rogen, and basically being introduced to the modern world, and he has a, he, he learns things pretty quickly, but... um from there it becomes like a a thing about legacy and you know he had this dream before he went into the pickle vat of his family becoming powerful in America and so when he gets there and he sees all the things that his son has when his or his great grandson has and it's basically just an, a regular uh apartment <laughs> in New York with regular amenities like he's not anybody special but of course, to somebody coming out of living in a rat infested apartment um, <clears throat> that was like 10 by 10, uh, this this regular sized apartment looks massive and the things that he has in there look, you know, super advanced. And so he's impressed, basically. Um, things are great until he realizes that his great-grandson may or may not be, be as tied to the family legacy as he would have liked. Uh, he doesn't have any family pictures in his house, things like that. Um, they get into an argument over this and over the idea of um, Herschel wanting to start a business with him. And so he shuts him down. Um, they actually had gotten themselves arrested because uh herschel started a fight and so herschel did did inspire his great-grandson to 
pursue an idea that he had been sitting on for five years uh, to pitch it, basically. And his pitch is successful, except for the fact that when they Googled him to make sure he was his background was clean, they found his recent arrest for getting in the fight with Herschel. So he goes off on Herschel and they have a separation. Uh, Herschel tells him, I'm going to be a big success and I'm going to prove you wrong. Like I'm going to make a certain amount of money to basically clean up the the only piece of land that he owned, which was the grave plot where their family is buried, basically. Um, like he bought this before he went into the pickle vat and now it's like trashed and dirty and the boy says he hasn't been there for five years, things like that. So, <clears throat> so Herschel's determined to, to get this done and he is almost an immediate success with a pickle business that he starts. Um, it goes viral and the great grandson can't have this. So he finds a way to get him shut down but Herschel bounces back he finds a way to get around whatever shut him down and this basically continues for a while throughout the movie there's like four different times where Herschel has success uh the great-grandson finds a way to to destroy it Herschel bounces back great-grandson finds a way to destroy it. it happens three or four times but then finally there's one that just goes too far and now Herschel's in real real trouble um and from there, he he basically has to sever ties, uh, but things do not go well. Remember the oh, when he came out of the vat, his, him and his great grandson look very much alike, except for the fact that Herschel has a beard. So high probability of them being confused for each other. Besides the fact that Herschel has a thick accent, I won't get into the details of what happens down the stretch of the movie. But basically, um, the movie touches on a lot of when it the the meat of the movie is that part where Herschel's having success and then it's being blown up in his face. So, for example, when he starts his pickle stand, some hipsters come across it and they're like, "Wow, these are artisanal pickles! Oh, these are uh, made from the earth!" And wow, you recycle your jars like they have this whole you know how hipsters want to be on the cutting edge, finding the first thing, finding the most pure and uh organic and blah 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 that type of thing so it plays into that herschel doesn't really understand what's happening but it works for him um after he gets shut down uh for health violations because he <laughs> hasn't done anything to make sure that he's up to health standards he's about to give up and then uh they the the hipsters that got him started basically pitch him the idea of hiring a staff and they're like um you know you, maybe if you had a staff to make sure you were up to the code you'd be good and he's like, i can't afford to you know pay a staff and the guy was like why don't you get interns it was like what's an intern it's like oh basically you hire them to work for you and basically you pay them with experience and he was like so you mean slaves and the guys are like no they're, they're interns it's a little bit different and so basically that makes fun of the idea that internships basically are modern a form of modern slavery in a sense uh you could say the whole college credit and experience thing but if you're doing the job of an actual paid employee you should probably be a paid employee um just another a loophole that people get away with in and with that um 
so they make a, a, a statement there. And then, you know, every time I think the next thing that happens is like a social media issue where he says some things that he shouldn't have said that goes back to the way he's talking as someone from 100 years ago. Uh, but basically, the, the great grandson is setting him up each step of the way and making him look bad. Um, at one point, he becomes like a Trump type figure where he's saying all the most controversial things, but people will see it as edgy and honest and blah, 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 blah. Uh, so again, just more statements on our society right now. And uh, it does that, like I said, for a while. And then it gets back to the story about family and legacy. And like I said, it gets very touching at the end, um, which I did not expect. So it starts out very goofy. Um you have to get used to the, the accent that Seth Rogen is doing. Um, you have to get past some of the the weird things that happened early on. But once it gets going, it actually it made me laugh out loud a few times. It touches on some, some deep subjects. Um, in a way, I think the great-grandson has lost his faith, basically. So that becomes a topic for a while. And... I don't know. I, I, I'm i not sure with either one of these movies how I'm going to rate them for watch list. The ending kind of threw me for a loop as far as where I want to rate that movie. And then for American Pickle, there were so many weird little things that happened that even though the story ended up being solid and it made me laugh, it's like I, I'm not sure how to rate it. So I'm going to take my time with both of those. Um, I will say Alessandra DeRossi's performance is getting her nominated right now on my shortlist for leading actress and the son for best young lead. Um, <clears throat> and Seth Rogen, actually, in this movie, I I'm, I'm think I'm going to look at him for a uh, best male lead as well right now uh, for his performance. Like I said, it was it managed somehow to be emotional, even despite all the goofiness. So. I feel like I, I ramble every time I do these, but when I listen to them back, they sound okay. So um, that's really all I have to say about these two movies. I, I appreciate you guys checking in again. Hopefully I can get into a better rhythm with these. And the podcast is pretty much taking up all my extra time, which is cut into my writing, but that's okay. I will I will adjust. I will adapt. And I'm enjoying it. So again, thank you all for checking in. This one should be pretty short, should be an easy listen. Um, those movies are probably going to end up in the three, three and a half range. I'm not sure which side of that I'll end up on. You know, three and a half is the cutoff for a good, good movie, according to Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, if I put it at three, that's my personal rating is saying that it's an okay movie versus being a, a good movie. So we will see, uh, and I'll update the uh, 2020 movie list whenever that happens this has been yet another edition of the bibs corner podcast i appreciate you all checking in and i hope you have a great week